0: Let's go. Hello and welcome to Sustain Open Source Design. Is it Sustain our Design? No, it's Sustain Open Source Design. Yes, yes. Sustain <laughs> Open Source Design, SOS. <laughs> what <you> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sustained Open Source Design, the podcast where we talk about the confluence of design and open source. Very excited to talk with our guests today. Before we do so, I just want to make sure you, our listeners, know who the voices are on this podcast, who you will be hearing. So on our host today, we have Memo Esparza. Memo, how are you doing? Hello, Richard. Hello, everyone. I'm doing great.
1: Excited
0: to be here. Great to have you as always. We also have Django Scudopa. Django, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Richard. I'm Richard Littower. Hi, everyone. And our guest today is Marie Norden. Marie, it is so good to have you on. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great.
0: Awesome. Marie is joining us from Red Hat. So, Marie Norden is not a new name in the open source space, but I'm going to read the bio anyway for those of you who don't or haven't had the privilege of getting to know her yet. She is a code of conduct specialist working out of Red Hat's open source program office, their OSPO. She was introduced to FOSS, the Fedora Project, and open source design through an outreach internship in 2013. We've talked a bit about outreach before on this podcast and other podcasts, but very excited to talk more about how useful it is at getting people into open source. Marie joined Red Hat in 2019 as the Fedora Project's Community Action and Impact Coordinator and held that position for three years. It's probably a very interesting time to do that. She has a passion for supporting the underrepresented parts of community work, especially project management, graphic design, and mentorship. So, so excited to cover all these topics. I do have to add a quick note that unfortunately my laptop is not fully charged and I'm calling from a van in Wanaka and I didn't think about that. So I may drop off halfway through, but Memo and Django will cover the rest of the podcast for me and I do apologize. Okay. With that, i said, Marie. I want to know more about how you got into open source and what you were doing beforehand. Outreach is an amazing tool for getting people to open source. It's an amazing community and space. And I just want to hear the story of how you first heard about it, got involved and where it led you.
2: Sure. So I'm actually based in Rochester, New York. And the reason is, is because I went to the Rochester Institute of Technology. And while I was studying there at RIT, there was a group at that time called the FOSS Box. And through the FOSS Box, I learned about free and open source software. And that was where I learned about the Outreachy program. And I went to school for photography and graphic design. So I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Visual Media. So I actually had the distinct pleasure of being the last Graduating class that had to do analog film. We had all of these analog film classes. And then after my class, it was like those were electives and it was just the focus on digital. So at the time, it was like kind of painstaking for me. I eventually realized that like photography was not my full jam, but I'm really glad that I have that experience. Now I can take great pictures of the fine art that I like to do on the side. But I applied to a unique sort of outreachy opportunity, which was working on Fedora badges with the Fedora project. And my mentor was Maureen Duffy. And she has been my cheerleader ever since. So, so much props to her and her encouragement and everything she's taught me, so I had that outreaching internship in 2013-2014 and i think it like could have potentially ended there but then mo messaged me saying hey there's this conference coming up called flock to fedora like you should apply to go to flock i was like i'm not sure and she's like no no this is the place for you apply to go so i put in a session and I was accepted and all of a sudden I was going to Prague in the Czech Republic. And this was like one of the first times I had traveled abroad. It was all like very exciting and a little overwhelming. But I went to, to Flock and I met so many amazing people. I made so many friends and people I still talk to and work with like all the time now. And that kind of cemented my connection with Fedora. Like, I had a great time doing the graphic design and the badges work, but making the friends was really what pulled me in fully. But meanwhile, open source was not my day job, but I continued to contribute. What I was doing for my day job was freelance graphic design, murals, and retail, because that's what starving artists do. I also had a pretty nifty job doing custom hand lettering. Like especially around the holidays, I did like a bunch of ornament stuff and I did that for like four years or something like that. So it was a lot of fun. But needless to say, I did not pay the bills that well. So I had some changes in my life happen and it was like, okay, I think it's time for like a grown up job, quote unquote, or something. Being a freelance artist is very difficult. There's a lot more than just creation that goes into it. You have to market yourself and be really ready to put yourself out there and then do all of the admin stuff. Needless to say, I decided to get some office work, basically. So my sister was working in an office. I got some part time work there. They really liked what I did. So I ended up joining that company full time as a purchasing assistant. So I did purchasing for three years, went from purchasing assistant to assistant purchasing manager. I also convinced them to let me do graphic design there. So I started doing graphic design alongside of my purchasing. Meanwhile, still contributing to Fedora in my free time, mostly working on badges. But I also did Fedora wallpapers and some of the other different projects that were at the fedora design team was up to and i continued to go to flock so i went to flock i guess for five years it was 2014 to 2019 yes giving sessions on fedora badges uh, holding workshops on how to design fedora badges and then the last block that i went to i held a like a hack session Bringing the developers and the designers together to kind of work on improving the badges system for Fedora. Meanwhile, like at a certain point, I was like unenamored with my office job of buying truckloads of like toilet paper and cleaning supplies. So I said, I really want to work for Fedora. And like, there's very little positions out there for Fedora, but I decided that this is something I wanted to do. So I applied for one job. Fedora program manager didn't get that job. Then the Fedora community action impact coordinator job came up, which is a mouthful. And the Fedora community, we call that person the F-cake. So I might say F-cake moving forward. And so I applied for that with amazing reference from Mo. And I kind of had lost hope because I hadn't heard back, but then like Four or five months down the line, they're like, Hey, do you want to do an interview? And so I went through that process. And all of a sudden I was working at Red Hat as Adora's F Cake. So yeah, that's a pretty good summation of how I got involved, what I was doing, kind of like my background and like how I made it all the way to F Cake from Bachelor in Fine Arts.
0: That's incredible. What I love about that story is that you just continue to hang around and go to Flock and contribute while also holding other jobs. Hopefully that wasn't too onerous and asked but you clearly did it because you wanted to, right? You didn't know you were gonna get paid for it. You're just like, hey, I just I want to be around this community. And then eventually you were able to get a job there, which is rare and beautiful and awesome. Can you tell us a bit about how you pay it forward by being a mentor now to people who may be in a similar spot?
2: So once I stepped into that F-cake role. I had space to form it into what I wanted it to be. And one of the things that I wanted to do was mentorship. Outreachy internship had such a huge impact on my life. My confidence changed everything about what I thought I could do and who I could be. And so starting in 2020, I took on outreachy interns. And the subject of those internships have all been graphic design. One of the internships was working on a set of graphics that basically amplified the more underrepresented works in the Fedora community. So basically focusing on non-coding work. So our marketing team, our community blog, our magazine, our, we have a team called com the ambassadors, our translators, the design team, and just basically infographics focused on all of that work and basically celebrating that work. I mentored another internship focused on something called the Fedora Zine. So there's a digital copy of this available. We never actually printed it, but we gathered artwork from the community and put it all together and made really cool Fedora Zine. And then third internship was focused on Assets for an outreach community revamp. So we have our ambassadors program. We have this team called the Com ops that I was mentioning. We have the join SIG. So all of these different groups that were focused on outreach. And it was kind of getting confusing about who was doing what. And we also had changes in processes. So together with a couple other folks, I did this outreach community revamp. So we needed assets for that. We need design work for that to support that. So we created all different new and updated with the new brands, pieces of basically promotional materials that the ambassadors need to do what they do. And then last but not least, most recently, I mentored an intern on Fedora Badges. So redoing that template, coming up with a new style guide because the old one was like nine or 10 years old because I had done it back in 2013. But it's like very like, this is the full circle. We have made it. I am now mentoring an internship on a Fedora Badges, which was really cool feeling for me. So I think I've done four or five different internships, mentored different internships throughout Ritchie in my role as F Cake, but I plan to continue doing that, although Just for the sake of my own mental sanity, I realized I can't do it every single session. So like at first I was doing both the summer and the winter session, and I'm just doing it once a year now. So that's how I pay it forward.
1: That's really cool. Maria, I have a question about the nature of your work, because I love how it navigates between graphic design and mentorship and working with people and that kind of energy. I think it's really valuable for all projects, but especially community-based projects. So I want to know more about, I don't know, the interactions you have between one task and another, and maybe hearing more about what are your focus right now? What are you excited about? What do you want to do more? What do you want to do less? That kind of stuff.
2: One of the most rewarding parts of working that the FK job was connections that I made with people. I mean, I met and grew relationships with so many people in Fedora way more than I had when I was contributing kind of right at the center of things as the F cake. So that was just, it was amazing to experience and be exposed to so many different types of people from all over the world, people doing all different types of tasks, people with different needs in the community and trying to understand those. I will say it is an intense role. I am trying to support the new F-Cake, Justin Flory, with all of the love that I can give him because it is a very intense role. Fedora is a huge community and there's definitely a lot of needs and working out of Red Hat's Ospo, you know, you're kind of working in between Red Hat a Corporation and Fedora community. So a lot of that job is advocating for Fedora's needs inside of Red Hat, like navigating those systems to get Fedora what it needs. So it was an intense job. And after about two and a half years, they said, I think I'm ready to move on to something new and let someone else come in with you know new excitement, new passion, new energy for this. That being said, I'm still working with Fedora right now. We are working on something called the Creative Freedom Summit. I'm working on this with a group of folks from the Fedora design team. And it is a free virtual event focused on promoting open source creative software, benefits of use, and basically what you can do with creative free software. So that's kind of like my volunteer thing, but I transitioned from being in that community support position to working as a code of conduct specialist at of red hat's Ospo. and that kind of came about for a couple reasons one was i implemented a new code of conduct in the fedora community during my time as fcake and because of that i learned a whole lot about codes of conduct and beyond that i also dealt with incident management for the three years that I was in that role. And I think we all know it's been like three rough years. And <laughs> that was reflected in the code of conduct incident management. People were really grumpy. Tensions were high and division between people has kind of deepened, unfortunately. And open source communities were not really exempt from some of the effects of all of that. So I got quite a bit of experience working with code of conduct, incident management, and kind of all of the processes around that. So at the same time, Red Hat was working on objectives for their company. So one of them is strengthen our open and inclusive culture. So Along with that came this idea for a code of conduct role inside the OSPO office. So it kind of seemed like a natural transition for me to move into that. And that's how I got into this new role.
3: One thing that piqued my interest in that, Marie, is the idea of rough jobs being very important, but taking a rather intense toll. I wonder if you could speak a little bit to. Putting mental health at the forefront in community caretaking and what experience you have doing that and how that might be something that you focus on in the future.
2: I just jumped into this community management world, not really having a ton of experience with community management. Luckily, I'm like empathic and intuitive by nature, but that also brings on a lot of emotional weight especially when you're in a position like this. I think folks with that kind of personality are drawn to this work because we have the need to serve, the urge to serve and to care for others. So I think the advice I would give is you can't take care of other people without taking care of yourself. you have to take care of yourself, you have to prioritize yourself. And you have to be able to say no to things. You have to be able to set boundaries, not getting notifications on your phone. Like it's easy to want to know what's going on. And sometimes you're like, if something particularly spicy or exciting is happening in your community, you might want to be right there witnessing it all. But it's actually not the best choice for you. So if you don't stop though, you're then forced to stop. Like you get sick, you burn out to a point where you're just not able to do that work anymore. So actually moving into a new role, I've really gotten to like slow down, reevaluate, reassess. It's a new role at Red Hat. So I've actually spent some time just feeling my feelings about my burnout and processing that too. A higher degree. I worked with a group of really awesome people to put together a panel for Open Source Summit EU called Mental Health and Community Caretaking. Unfortunately, I got COVID and I didn't make it. No. But I know I went to Ireland, got COVID and stayed in my hotel for the week. It was pretty awful. It was kind of like a nightmare situation when it comes to traveling for like a conference or work. And I was like too sick to try to like participate virtually. But that session still happened. I was really proud to be a part of organizing it, working on the topics for that session. And I'm pretty sure that there's a recording available of that somewhere. So I'd like to do something like that again in the future. I think it's an important topic. And I think normalizing, talking about our mental health in general is important.
0: I think I got oh. COVID at the same conference. So I feel you're <laughs> just saying
2: oh, that's rough.
1: <laughs> I have a follow up question about this mental health thing, because here we talk about taking care of our mental health is the first step towards like a healthy community. How do you think that, especially in open source? There are a lot of people who have like this energy to serve others. I want to ask you like how do you think it's a healthy way to move from taking care of yourself to then taking care of others and community well-being as a whole?
2: I'm going to say delegation is a good one, like not doing all the things yourself, saying no <laughs> I'm going to repeat that one, saying no to some things so that you can focus on the more important things. So prioritizing. There's just so many different things that can be done and feel like they should be done. I mean, it's really just endless. So I think prioritizing the support that you can give in the community is in whatever community you're involved in is important.
1: Okay, about... How the mentorship role you're playing right now impacts the one, I guess the most important one I see, the production, the quality of the production of the design team. How's the mechanics of that mentorship? Do you have like a program, you no, know, where designers just feel free to book one-on-ones with you? Or do you have like a process? I'm really interested to know.
2: So I've mainly utilize the Outreachy program, and the reason is they have a 12-week span where you can really introduce somebody to a community. It's not like a, hey, just text me when you have a question kind of mentorship. It's we're meeting weekly, we're texting every other day about the work that this person is doing. I'm encouraging them to get involved in other community spaces. So I really like that in how the Outreachy program is set up, that it's not just one small task or an informal sort of mentorship. It's very formal. The mentees get paid for their work, which I think is amazing. And it gives you a chance to build a relationship with them. So for most of the interns that I've had the opportunity to mentor, I still have a relationship with them. Maybe I meet with them every couple months. I chat with them. I text them and say, Hey, how's it going? I try to keep up with their lives. I'm always saying, if you need a reference, I'm here for you. So I try to be a long-term support for the mentees. As far as like the Fedora design team, we have... A couple of different channels that you can get involved through, right? And that's more of a more informal group mentorship. But the Fedora design team does have like a weekly call that you can join and be a part of. And there's a pretty active channel with people responding and people are interested in getting folks more involved in the team. But you know, that's a bit more informal.
3: Something that I just remembered was speaking with a different guest on this podcast a long time ago. She mentioned that you know everyone wants to hire juniors, everyone wants to commit to mentorship, but very few want to actually take on that effort and that work. So hats off to you for doing that. But what would you say to someone that wanted to start off mentoring people but wasn't sure how to begin, how to set up that system at their company?
2: I'd say go to other well-known mentors and try to understand how it's done. Something cool that I've had the opportunity to do is co-mentor with one of my former interns. I'm like trying to pass on the mentorship skills to other people. It doesn't come naturally. And every outreach internship that Fedora has done, hasn't always produced a lot necessarily, or even someone who's stayed with the Fedora community. Like it really takes building that whole relationship. But there are programs beyond outreachy that corporations, organizations can get involved in. Just to name a few off the top of my head at GSOC, there was a Ruby one. I think that there's some other more formal internships, maybe through the Linux Foundation I'm thinking of. So there's other opportunities for internships and in open source, but I really think that outreach is an amazing one because it's an intersection of two things, you know, bringing more people into open source, but also bringing underrepresented people into open source.
1: Speaking about the nature of Fedora's community, how does it work for interns and young designers to get involved?
2: So we have a GitLab instance. If it were design team, we work out of GitLab, you know, it's kind of a, hey, come to one of our meetings, hang out, see how we work. And then it's a, hey, take on a task, try not to take on something like too big at once, take on something small and something that's achievable and go through a couple of rounds with the requester, whoever's requesting that design piece of design, incorporating feedback, and continue going to those weekly meetings to get kind of a group critique, if you will, on that work and hang around, stay around.
1: And just to get a sense of the scale that we're talking here, just thinking on a couple of different numbers, the Fedora design community, will it be possible to measure it with people? How many teams, how many active designers, how many internships? Just to get a sense of the scale that we're talking about here, I think that's useful.
2: Absolutely. I'm going to say that we have about 15 to 20 people who are active on a weekly or monthly basis. I think we probably have closer to 30 or 40 who might just do something once a year or every couple of months. I could actually look up how many people are in the Fedora design team, like in our account system. So I'm kind of curious about that but i'm going to say 15 to 20 people who are really passionate and committed to working on tasks and supporting kind of the more essential design functions of fedora which would be the wallpaper and some other you know we're marketing our current events and that sort of thing so i see in their account system we have 10 sponsors and 86 members
1: so those are like active members in, you know, different project base, monthly base, or I don't know what how that works. Usually on open source, it's really organic and free, and I love that. About roles, how many of them are, for example, managers? I see you're interested to talk about management inside of open source communities. So now that we know a bit of the scale of the Fedora community, how many of you guys are actually managing the work that others do?
2: Just to clarify, I'm just talking about the design team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fedora is a huge, yeah. <laughs> huge community with probably, yeah. I want to say like 400 to 500, what you might call core contributors or people who are contributing on a weekly mm-hmm. basis. Then you have like thousands of other people who are maintaining their packages for the release, which is a biannual release for the Fedora project. I would say that we kind of need more people in Fedora doing project and program management. I think it's one of the reasons I want to talk about it is to raise awareness about the need for it. I found that the initiatives and the teams that I was able to be hands-on with in a project management at like role were more successful. So that's someone who's not doing the actual work, like whether it's coding or marketing or outreach, right? Someone who's just saying, all right, let's stay on task. What's the next thing we need to tackle? Let's adapt the plan and make some changes, so someone who's writing the emails, maintaining the documents, making sure things are staying on track. I found that the initiatives that I was able to like really be hands on in that way were much more successful. So we have a couple roles in the Fedora project. that are like full time roles, but they're only a couple people. They can only go so far. We have something called the program management team where you can kind of learn about these skills our program manager Ben Cotton leads that team. The idea is that you can go to this team, say, hey, we need a program manager, and they deploy somebody who would be a good fit to kind of help provide that piece of support. But I'm not really sure of the status of that team, so I can't speak too much for them. Though, I think that in general, when it comes to open source communities, people think coding. It's obvious why they think coding, but there's so much more space for things other than coding. And I think the coding and the quality of the things that we produce can only really improve with other types of roles getting more involved. Project management is it. I will promote that one until the end of time.
3: Yeah, it seems that as things grow, the infrastructure to support them grows more diverse. A lot of people do continue to work in open source exclusively as coders, but people need to help maintain other parts of the infrastructure as it goes along. I think that it would be great to move into Spotlight. Spotlight is, as Richard mentioned at the beginning, just a space for us to shine some light and some love on projects that have impacted us in some way or that we just think deserve some light and some love. So I'll go first. I mean, for me, Penpot being a designer in open source and being stuck in the broader Adobe cinematic universe where we all are, it's really refreshing to see a truly open source combination between collaborative whiteboard and prototyping space that is growing so fluidly in Penpot right now. And I had the chance a little while ago to meet a bunch of the team from Penpot and they were just really driven and really committed to creating something that is an industry rival to everything in Adobe and it's fantastic.
1: Marie, do you want to show some spot some lights on a project you want?
2: I want to jump onto that one though and say we are going to be having a couple sessions about Penpot at our Creative Freedom Summit that's January 17th through 19th including from some people who work with Penpot, developing Penpot. I hope that you join us. I'll definitely provide some links to the team here. So I wanna shine a spotlight on Outreachy. I know I've already talked a lot about the program, but it has really changed my life, introduced me to a new world of open source and friendship and a new possibility for my career and what I do with my life and i just can't give enough credit to that program and i just admire what they do tremendously nice
1: and i'm shining a spotlight on page i find amazing it's a website slash community it's called metalabel.xyz and it has a lot to do with communities it may sound abstract at the beginning But it's one of these websites where you can spend a lot of time (laughs) in because, you know, it it definitely connects with a lot of things we do. So shine a spotlight on that project. All right. So I guess this is a wrap up. Marie, can you help us provide a couple of links where people can follow your work, ask some more questions, maybe offline and give you a shout of appreciation?
2: Absolutely. You can find me on the. Fedora Matrix Element Instance under ReCatNor. So that's R-I-E-C-A-T-N-O-R. I hope to see you around at the Creative Freedom Summit and also in the Fedora Design Channel.
1: Amazing. This conversation was great. I hope we have more time to talk about all of this stuff. This has been great, folks. We're wrapping up this episode. Before that, we want to... I'd you guys to email us at podcast.sustainoss.org. At Reach out to us, for example, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We have a Twitter at SustainOSS. Join our discourse at discourse.sustainos.org. And find more episodes and the show notes of this episode at sosdpodcast.sustainoss.org. That's all for today. Thank you, guys. It was amazing.